Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to another edition of the Seventh Inning Stretch. I'm Justin Wells, and joining Armando and I tonight is uh, a guest who's going to talk with us for uh, this entire time. Joey Connors. Joe Connors, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, fellas. I'm happy to be on. Love some baseball. Can't think of a better podcast to be on to talk baseball. Great. And then Armando, as always, you're here. Yeah, how you doing? I'm good, man. But I could think of a few better ones, Joe. I mean, don't, don't you, you're lying. You're lying at that I'm, point. I'm just being nice. I'm I know. Just being, I knew it. Just I knew being it. nice. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna get into it with the the biggest news in baseball this week. Chicago White Sox have reached a deal to name their stadium guarantee guaranteed rate park. Uh, I, I don't know if that raises any sort of excitement like it does for me with you guys. But uh, have we gotten to a point with naming with, with naming rights deals where they're just absolutely awful and should stop? I think, dude. Yeah. Like, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Sorry about that, Mondo. Yeah, I, I um, it's to the point where they are awful and they should stop. But because we're Americans and American business owners, and really any business owner is all in it for money, it's just going to keep. With the trend of whoever is the sponsor, whoever ends up sponsoring these uh, ballparks is just going to fork out tons of money to the ownership. So it doesn't matter. It could be a sewer, anything. It could be the worst name on earth. As long as it brings them money, they just don't care. But guaranteed rate field is, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that's worse. Um, And I'm struggling ever since we talked about this pod i was struggling to figure find a worse one you know you have a good idea for a sewer company with the reds being right on a riverfront they could just you know name their stadium Shits creek the way they're playing it kind of fits <laughs> that's right yeah but no it's it's bad armando you get to root for a team that has a stadium that's got a classic name and and bears the bears the uh name of the team in the stadium name so 
yeah you, you, you don't really get to answer that one very well i'm lucky i'm lucky bro like i don't have to worry about going to a shit name you know and i just feel bad for people in chicago dude i mean comiskey was good good you know it is what it is that's what everybody still refers to it as that's a that's a, a true Sox fan you know and then it took them forever to get used to u.s cellular and once they finally did it took them like 13 years and now it's this and it's just like dude is it worth it at that point it's like some of the fucking hideous logos that you see on these like uh on these soccer kits like some of these fucking logos are terrible and people are paying tons of money for this kit and and it just doesn't make sense bro like what I don't understand it, bro. Like, there has to be some sort of, like, agreement between ownership that you can't fucking deface the value of MLB by having some stupid bullshit name like that. Yeah, I I happen to agree with you. I mean, I like the I like all the stadiums that have older names. Like, you know, Wrigley Field. You're never going to see Wrigley Field change its name. Granted, it was named after a gum manufacturer in the early 1900s. But still, it's a classic name. Same thing with Fenway Park. Dodger Stadium, Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. These are stadiums that have a history and they're, uh, you know, it's also, I feel like a lot easier for baseball players to talk trash if they don't have to be like, yeah, wait till you get to Fenway instead of, yeah, come see us at Guaranteed Rate Park. (laughs) It's it's impossible to talk trash with some of these names of these stadiums. Impossible. (laughs) Oh, man, that's the best point of the ball, to be quite fair. Oh, it's absolutely. I mean, like, I, th- I thought the same thing about the NFL, too. Like, do you think Ray Lewis ever said to someone, like, when they're coming over the, like, you know, in a divisional divisional rivalry games who are running back, like, yeah, just wait until you get to M&T Bank Park. Like, really? I guarantee you he never talk trash that In way. all honesty, the names, I, don't, I don't know half the NFL names, bro, of the NFL stadium. That's because they change every four weeks. They that's do. They're bad. Yeah, they are bad. But you're right. I mean, that's pretty pathetic. Although, if I've seen Ray Lewis anywhere... I could see him in a baby store, and he would scare the shit out of me. So <laughs> scary man. Yes, he is. I love Ray Lewis, but he is a scary man. And uh, speaking of scary situations to be in, the other greatest story in baseball in the last few weeks: Billy Butler and Danny Valencia getting into a fight over the shoe the shoe contract. Armando, how do you feel about this one? Look, bro. For me, there was. Some cardinal rules broken in this. First off, Billy Butler mouthing off for no fucking reason. Like, just but your, mind your fucking business, eh? Okay, B, he's a grown man telling another grown man, according to reports, like, what are you going to do about it, bitch ass? You don't call another grown man a bitch ass, all right? That's liable to get your ass whooped right then and there, right? Danny Valencia was cool enough to be like, wait, what? And then this motherfucker keeps running his mouth, and, and dude... Ultimately, you're you're messing with a guy's money. You're messing with a guy's situation. Like, just fuck off, Billy Butler. Like, who the fuck are you? And I'm so glad that he got that concussion. I'm so glad he got his ass kicked by Danny Valencia. And uh, I'm glad Danny Valencia didn't get suspended. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few things that we got to mention with this, which is Billy Butler is the ultimate addition by subtraction player. Second he gets out of, second he ends up leaving Kansas City and they replace him with Anybody else who makes more contact and actually fits moving a lineup down through an order, they go to a World Series and win another one. Uh, he ends up in Oakland, and what has he done in Oakland? Nothing. He's been awful. He got paid, and he sucks. <laughs> this guy this guy took his money, and he sucks. And it's just a cancer, bro. Runs his fucking mouth. Apparently, there was problems in KC, too. It's just like like you said, addition by subtraction. Less is more, my man. Yeah, yeah. And, and look also, Oakland started scoring once he went to the DL. Their lineup got <laughs> went on a tear. 
Yeah, I don't know how you're going to snitch on a grown man like that. Where I grew up, you don't do shit like that. And, you know, if you're going to get into a fight, how are you going to get knocked out by some dude and then go on the DL for a concussion? Like, that shit's embarrassing. You can't show your face in that locker room anymore. Well, there's about another 12 million reasons why he has to show his face in that locker room. So that should be more interesting. Dude, I just think for me, like, I just love that they interviewed other players. And uh, I don't know the pitcher's name, but they asked him and he was sitting here and he's just like, you know what? The only reason this is worth talking about is because we suck. If we were good, they would say this is just like playful. When the fuck is whooping your teammates ass playful? When did Barry Bonds and, and, and Jeff Kent choking him out in the dugout become playful? Like, that's not true either, dude. Like, get the fuck out of here. You know what, though? Bonds and Kent, there's forgiveness given to them because that I think that year they at least went to the playoffs. I think that might have been their World Series year. That might have been in 2002 that that fight happened. Maybe. Like, they I could mean, get away with that. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But, like, they're still the two most hateable people you could ever want to meet. Oh, absolutely. And for some reason, you and I always come back to how hateable Barry Bonds really was. <laughs> It's like a constantly recurring theme of our show, but I mean, for good reason. He's pretty goddamn hateable. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> very much so. But uh, moving through, uh, your two teams, and the reason Joey here is because we have a lot of Philadelphia Phillies to talk, and they're a team we haven't spoken that much about this season. But uh, a lot of intrigue and side stories between the Dodgers and Phillies over the last few weeks. We're going to start with the AJ Ellis for. Uh, Chooch, Carlos Ruiz trade. Joey, how do you feel on the Philadelphia end of that trade to be losing Senor Octobre? Well, I mean, it's, I guess you could say it's bittersweet, although I'm kind of over that bromance stage of sports because I'm old enough to kind of see it for what it is. But I mean, you only got one person left from the 08 World Series team, and that's Ryan Howard. And the only reason he's there is because can't trade that contract. But, you know, I mean, he, He's an older player. I'm sure Mondo doesn't like that you lost AJ Ellis. He seems like he's sort of a little heart, heart and soul to that Dodgers team, and he was certainly Kershaw's uh, Kershaw's catcher. So, in my point of view, AJ Ellis, if he can do anything to help some of that young pitching, if he can give them the Phillies pitching any kind of tips, I mean, he's like a he's a story in himself. You know, he, I think he was undrafted, I believe, right, Mondo? Uh, late, late draft pick, late draft pick. Okay, so yeah, he's a guy who made a like eleven year career basically from people telling him he was never going to play, and Chooch was kind of the same way. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much Chooch adds to the Dodgers, but from my point of view, I'm okay with it. I mean, he's what thirty five, thirty six now. He's not going to add a ton. Uh, and the Dodgers think they're going to get something for him because they gave up Ellis, which was kind of surprising. But yeah, I mean, it's it's again, I'm. I'm I'm 35 soon, so the romance of that is like, oh, okay, well, you, I'm a, I'm a bastard. Like, you run your course, and get the fuck off my team. So. All right. And Armando, I mean, you, you lose the heart and soul of AJ Ellis. How, Look, how do you feel coming off of that? You don't make Clayton Kershaw cry, bro. That's all I'm saying, Doc. What the fuck are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? 13 years in the organization, bled blue, fucking, ah, dude, I couldn't be more disappointed, dude. Honestly, honestly. Like, I get it. He hits 176. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit, bro? Like, what does Reese do that he doesn't do? 
I mean, I don't even hate Carlos Reese. Like, he's been doing, like, he came in, dude, and he's taking extra BP. I mean, bullpen with the guys so he can get fucking used to it. I, more power to him. I like what he's doing. But why the fuck would we get rid of A.J. Ellis? Like, A.J. Ellis should have, like, a lifetime contract. And, like, when he's done playing, he could just be, like, the bullpen coach. You get it? Like, as long as Clayton's there, keep that motherfucker around. I don't understand. Like, best case scenario, we, we, we re-sign him in the offseason. Because we fucking have to. We fucking have to. I'm, like, beyond annoyed by this. Like, we're in the middle of, like, a hunt for this pennant. Dave Roberts is fucking pu- has us punching well above what we deserve. I mean, yesterday we had an outfield of Kike Hernandez, uh, Dave Segedin, and fucking Cowie Kendrick, a second baseman, and we're fucking leading the Giants in the West somehow. Okay, so fucking Dave Roberts is an angel in my eyes right now. And what we're doing in the locker room is like, well, fuck it. Like, let's just see what kind of wrench we could throw in here and see how this works out. Why the fuck, dude? That's my rant for that. No, that's, that's an understandable one. I mean, I, until you went on that rant, I full well came into this particular show with the intention of giving you a little bit of crap about Clayton Kershaw crying. And I was going to reference a league of their own, but like, I'm a little afraid of you after that. No, nah, fuck that, dude. No, no, fuck that. I cried a little bit. We all cried a no, little I, bit. You don't do that, bro. Fuck that. You don't do that to Clayton. Like, you don't. Like, I I, 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 I don't get it. Mm. I don't get the trade one bit because you're basically trading backup catcher for backup catcher at this point. Like, Ruiz isn't going to – Ruiz is going to basically – what, is he going to platoon effectively with Alonso? Grindal, bro. Who's Alonso? Grindal, sorry. And, 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 and no, 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 no. He's going to get one game every 10 games. Like, yeah. fucking Grandal is it's a, a fucking ca- tank a back there. He switch hits. Like, it doesn't make any sense, bro. It doesn't. Yeah, the familiarity, it's, a backup, it's a backup catcher trade. Yeah, the familiarity that AJ had with all these guys. Like, it's just so stupid, bro. No, you know what? Also, if your backup catcher is hitting, if your backup catcher is hitting over 150 or, you know, close to 200 and gives you solid defense, and spells you one day a week, you're doing fine. That's actually the point of that job. Um, caveat emptor, uh, AJ Ellis beat the Mets yesterday with a bases loaded double. So, you know, not necessarily a player on my good list right now. <laughs> That's what he does. That's what he does. That's what he does. The chicks, the chips are stacked against him and he comes through, dude. Like he's, he's, he's just a solid guy and everybody liked him and it just sucks, bro. Like it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and for me, it's just, I hope Carlos Reese does very well for us. I hope AJ does well there in Philly. And I, I just hope that we can get him back in the off season. Cause honestly, like who the fuck, who cares? He's our backup catcher for God fucking sakes, Justin. He's our fucking catcher. He doesn't even. I don't play. understand why you ever why why you trade a backup catcher this late in the season for another backup catcher. I'm this, dying. Like, inside. Why do you need to change a scenery trade? There, it makes no sense. Is, I'm dying inside. Let's move on. Fuck this. Let's move. Let's on. move on. All right. <laughs> so speaking of players returning home, uh, Chase Utley receiving a hero's welcome in Philadelphia, and then slaughtering the Philadelphia Phillies. Joey, you have some strong feelings on this, so you're you're going to get to take us away on how you feel about that. Yeah, see, I have again Chase Utley from essentially '05 to '09 was an awesome player for the Phillies. Uh, he, you know, he would have been probably a Hall of Famer had he stayed healthy, in my opinion. Uh, he didn't, and he, he came up late. The Phillies caught him up when he was like 26. I have no problem with giving him a standing ovation. None. But to do it throughout the game like a bunch of jackasses, it's, I mean, it's embarrassing. 
you you just you don't do that. And I, I've never Chase Utley is one of the few athletes, and I can't think of anybody else who gets a pass no matter what he does here. Um, he was on a you know a really good World Series team. They won the World Series. I don't know if they're necessarily the best team in baseball, but that's how baseball works, as you guys know. He was a great player for our team for a short period, short period of time. But you guys know this. Cole Hamels was equally as great. I'd argue Jimmy Rollins was better. Um, and you had Ryan Howard, who was hitting home runs and knocking in RBIs left and right. And, you know, he's the only one out of that core group. Uh, Chooch, we already talked about earlier, the, the only one out of that core group who got a pass, the only one. And I, we kind of touched on it a, a little while back and I hate to make things about race because I know it's touchy for people and I know they get offended. Um, I'm a white male, Justin, you're a white male, uh, but it, it, uh, in the Eastern over here, it's a little different Mondo in California. You, you've probably been over this way. And if you haven't, I'm sure you know this. It's just, it's just a little different. He, he could do everything. I remember that you could do anything, get away with that. I remember after the '09 season, in the off season, he came, he had knee trouble, didn't say shit to the Phillies, and he got a free pass for that. And a lot of me, again, I, I don't want to bring up the racing, but if he was like Jimmy Rollins, couldn't get away with anything. Jimmy Rollins, the fans didn't like because he wouldn't run hard to first base every time. Well, Jonas Cespedes does it all fucking game. But he's a difference maker. Ha. So I don't understand why people get so mad about it. And I, there's a lot of people. By the way, that, Joey, there's just there's a, there's a running rule in this pod. You're not allowed <laughs> to say anything bad about you. What it says for this. I love Cespedes, but I knew I, that was my dig at you, which that I was, was waiting great. for you to get back. That was great. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> but, you made yeah. the podcast. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say like he he could do no wrong, and I, a lot of that is because he was a white baseball player, and Philadelphia, our city, eats up quote-unquote blue-collar athletes, even though we don't know these fucking people. All you see is what's in the media. Chase Utley never talked, never gave a good interview, was the most boring person on the face of the earth, whereas I gravitate to a guy like Jimmy Rollins, who's flashy, who talks a little trash but backs it up. And I just I hear sports talk radio, and again, we still talk about Chase Utley like he's on this team. I mean, this team hasn't been good in, in five years, six years, and he, he's still... Look at all the athletes, just in baseball. Mike Schmidt, probably the greatest third baseman ever. They hated him here. Hated him. And they only loved him until after years after he retired. For then they understood and captured him for the player that he was. Chase Utley could go and, and murder a family of five in Philadelphia. And <laughs> <laughs> apparently he'll get a pass because you know he has the, the pretty hair. He's a good-looking white guy. I mean, you guys tell me what you think about that. Am I looking at it from the wrong angle? I'll let Justin answer first. I got to compose. So, what I what I uh, what I think about these Phillies, the Phillies teams of the basically 2007 through 2012, that five year run that they had. Um, I judge my reaction to the, each of these players basically as a Met fan. You know, a guy who play, had some teams that were rivals to them in 2007 and 2008, and then had some just awful teams that they demolished for years. I ranked them by how much I hate each particular player as the indication of how good I think they were. There's not a single Philadelphia athlete I, I will ever detest more than I detest Chase Utley. Some of it has to do with other things like him killing my shortstop last year. <laughs> Get over it, bro. Get over it. But uh, 
But, but I think Chase Utley, I think part of the reason that he gets a pass from a lot of Philadelphia sports fans is also because I think he's, at, at least in this in this era of the Phillies, I think he was the best player of them all. I, I, I really do. He was Every single time it seems like he came up in a big spot, he came through. I think he was the clutch linchpin. And with Jimmy Rollins, it's not so much also the, the, the I think, the, the perceived lack of hustle. Because I always thought Jimmy Rollins was a guy who actually hustled. Um, I think for him, it's just the the there are hole, there were holes in his game. He was a leadoff hitter who, you know, hit while he hit for a lot of power, wasn't a great on wasn't a high on base percentage guy. And he, you know, when when Jimmy Rollins' bat really started to fade, it really faded. I mean, I remember he had the he was the MVP the NL MVP in two thousand seven, and he was basically uh, unreal. You know, I think he put up thirty and ninety four from a leadoff spot with another thirty or forty with around thirty five steals. I mean, that's an unreal year. 2008, he had a repeat of it. But then from about 2009 to 2012, Jimmy Rollins really greatly diminished as a player, especially in the on-base percentage and power categories. And I think that's part of the reason why the memory of him is weaker. Um, Howard was never the same player after his Achilles snapped. No, totally agree. Yeah, he, that was a horrible injury, and that's a horrible injury in any sport. But no, I, yeah. I totally agree with that. But if you if – you, let's start to cut you off. But if you, if you listen to people here, all they talk about against Jimmy Rollins, and you do have – your your points are perfect about him being a leadoff hitter and the the low on base percentage. But people always bring up every and do, I I stopped listening to sports talk radio here because they just talk about the same stuff all the time, um, which is sad because it's a huge market for it. But I just don't think it's up to par. They always talked about him not hustling, and that's well. I mean, Charlie Manuel did him no favors by benching him. Benching him, yep, yeah, he did it, and he pulled him. He pulled him from multiple games because of perceived not running down to first, but. Uh, everybody everybody does that at some point. Uh, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Jonathan Papelbon strangled the NL MVP in a dugout for not doing that last year. Yeah, he's a jackass, but yes, he did. How does he still have yeah. work? I have no idea. God damn, because anyway. there's so many bad relief arms in baseball, Armando. He's one of them. <clears throat> oh, yes. he's trash. Yeah, yes, okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. All right. But look, my Chase Udley take is this. For me, I I hate the, I hate the Phillies, Joe. I, I hate the Phillies. Uh, you should, man. We bounced you two years in a row in the in the playoffs, as you damn well know. So that you is should. so that is still fresh. Yeah, I hate the Phillies, right? Um, but but I'm with Justin when I say that Chase Utley is the one I hated the most because he embodied. I guess maybe it is the media's perception out here on the uh, you know in L.A. I, you know I, I've been to Philly once, so I, I've been there, so I know I kind of, I get the feel for the city and stuff. But I you know being out here, all we got is media coverage, and, and Chase Utley is he embodied what people would think Philadelphia is, you know, blue collar or whatever. And you're right, he's just fucking boring. I get it. Like even here, he's boring, but even here, he gets the same fucking like, oh, he's a great leader, a great pro. He doesn't say shit. So like. You know, he puts his head down and he does his job, and that's cool. And he's healthy, and when he's healthy, he's a good baseball player. We're seeing that again. I also think that for for Chase, you know, or, or for Jimmy and, and, and Ryan Howard, uh, maybe they overstayed their welcome. You know what I mean? I think Chase Utley, at the end of his career with the Phillies, was injured a lot, so he wasn't in the limelight. He wasn't seen. He wasn't uh, able to be bad, you know? And when he was playing, he was toughing it out, as the media would say. Uh but but I think Ryan Howard has overstayed his welcome, and it's not his fault. He just his body gave up on him. Uh, you know, Jimmy. I don't Rollins, think Ryan Howard has a hit against a lefty in like the last five years. Yeah, I get it. I get it. 
you know, but but his body really did break down on him. And, and and Jimmy Rollins, I mean, there was holes in his game. And as you age, you know, your bat slows and things happen. But as far as you know, personality, I love Jimmy Rollins. Like you said, Joe, I, I think he was he was great for the game, and him winning the MVP was important uh, in a time where there wasn't a lot of African American baseball players coming through the ranks and stuff. So I do think that was important, um, and I, and I do appreciate everything that Jimmy Rollins was and I, I really got to appreciate him when he came to the Dodgers uh, because I also didn't like Jimmy Rollins as you know because he's a Philly uh, but what him and Chase have been able to do to sway me is pretty impressive and I think it says a lot about you know the Phillies of that that era and it shows me why they were the better team why the Phillies won and it was character it was who they are uh, on the field and off you know what I mean and I don't know Chase Utley like I like I said he doesn't give interviews here he's he's pretty shitty to the media from what it seems but he does his job and, and the guys in the in the clubhouse really do appreciate him and they do gravitate towards him and, and a lot the same with 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 Jimmy Rollins uh when he would when he was on our team and uh I think that that's a credit to to the Phillies of that you know era and for me that's really hard to say because I can't stand the Phillies <laughs> yeah, and there's one other point I want to bring up that you mentioned, Joe. Chase Utley isn't a, a borderline Hall of Famer. Chase Utley is a Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah, if not, he, he ballot, will go in close. at the end yes, of his career. Absolutely. Wait, hold on, you guys. Bo- honest to God, you guys both think he's a Hall of Fame player. Honestly, right now, absolutely, absolutely. Who was See, I, better, I, who was a better second baseman, Joe? Who was in his generation? It was Eric. He's best second baseman of his era. But I mean, only other guy you can maybe argue is Cano. Yeah, Utley's a better player than Cano. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not disagreeing. I, but that, I don't think that gets you in the Hall of Fame. Just my opinion. I, I'm, I'm looking at his career stats right now, and I know that's not everything. I get that, and he does have the, he does have the World Series, which carries a lot of weight in Hall of Fame. I just think that he didn't do it for long enough. He didn't he, because of injuries, and that's not his fault. But he, for me, did not do it long enough to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I get- He's Hall. Caliber, I get that, but Joe, but half of the battle to get into the Hall of Fame is public perception because Barry Bonds is never getting in. Roger Clemens is never getting in. Rafael Palmeiro is never getting in. Whether it's a stigma attached because of whatever, it's still public perception. Okay, so you got to understand that for people outside, baseball writers and people just outside of Philadelphia, Chase Utley is the face of that Phillies run, right? And he was the best player and his numbers back it up. He's doing it now at 37. And if he if the Dodgers can do anything in this postseason and Chase Utley can be hot, you you better bet your ass, Joe, he's gonna get in that hall. Well that's that's a really good topic for another pod if you guys ever wanted to debate that. Um I just don't think he did it for long enough. You guys have really valid points, but I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. And I I don't get me wrong, I sound like I probably hate Chase Utley. I don't. I don't like a lot of the things that he did and the shit that he got away with, but he did win my team a World Series and he was a gigantic part of that. So Right, so then going back to your team, what do you actually think about some of the moves the Phillies have done this year, getting younger, getting some of the players that they got in trades for players like Cole Hamels and now also Ken Giles, some uh, some playing time. I know we've seen a lot of those guys actually now come up. You've seen Aaron Nola start the season and go down for it. You've gotten to see Jake Thompson. You've gotten to see Jared Eikhoff. Uh, you've gotten to see Vincent Velasquez. You've gotten to see Adam Morgan. What do you think about some of these young pitchers and then some of the younger position players like Odubo Herrera, who is an absolute stud, and then uh, Aaron Althair, and uh, I think Jorge Alfaro is coming up soon, or is he already up? He uh, he came up for one game before AJ Ellis could get over, and then they sent him back down. But, yeah, he I mean, they, 
they got a lot of top prospects, but you guys both know that that's just it's so hit or miss. I, Nick Williams could be a good player. I mean, they got him in the Hamels trade. Alfaro could be a Alfaro's got all the tools to be a really good catcher. It's just it has to translate, and trying to guess that is just close to impossible. There's once in a lifetime talents who just come along that you go, okay, that that guy's going to be really good, like Bryce Harper. I mean, I, I don't really like Bryce Harper, but I, I understand that nobody should. Yeah, I get that he's a great player and he was number one pick. I, I understand that. So he just he looks like your prototypical baseball player. Kind of knew he was going to be fantastic. But it it is as bad as we are. It is exciting to see what you get in return and when you start to see these kids. Um, the Giles trade. You got Vince Velasquez, who I don't know how enamored the Phillies are with him. They, they I didn't think they were going to trade him at the deadline, but they were certainly listening to offers. Um, so I don't know. I mean, pitching for me, and you guys may differ on this, but pitching to me, you have to have some resemblance of bullpen. Um, and you have to have at least three good starters, at least to make it anywhere in baseball. You could have, uh, you, I mean, you do, you could have, a, you need to have a good offense, of course. But I remember the, the Philly, I guess the Phillies had the, was it the 011 team that had the four aces and we, then we couldn't beat the Cardinals, which was embarrassing. But, Pitching really is everything. Um, so they do have some arms coming up. Whether that translates to being really good, uh, I don't know. I mean, they have some bats, too. Again, they have some outfielders. they got Dylan Cousins. I don't know how good he can be. He's destroying double-A baseball, which is obviously much different. Um, they have a lot of prospects. Uh, drawing a blank on the shortstop right now. J.P. Crawford. Thank you. He was supposed to come up in September, but he didn't have the year that I guess the Phillies organization thought he would. So I don't know if he's going to get called up. Uh, there's a lot of talent there. You just have to hope that some of it hits because the Phillies are certainly not a small market team. They will spend money. They have cash upon loads of cash. They will spend it. But you got to wait for the right player to be available because I don't think they'll spend it on a, you know, like a guy who's in his 30s or on the wrong side of 30 and then give him like a seven year deal which I, you see that a lot. I don't agree with it, but yeah, they, they do. They, their farm system was awful until the Giles and Hamels trade, which did replenish it. But, you know, you can read all the baseball America you want. Um, let's just see how it turns out. Aaron Nola looked good until he got hurt. Aaron Nola is not a number one pitcher for me. I think he's at best. He's a two, but he's probably a three. Uh, and that's in the national league. So now uh, you tell me what you guys think. I, I mean, I've, I think I've gotten to see them a lot more than Mondo just because of the of the East Coast, obviously, and also within the division. Uh, I like some of what they see. I mean, I, some of what I see, Velasquez can be really dominant. He also can be extremely inconsistent. I think part of the reason the Phillies organization seems down on him is just his inability to stay healthy. He looks like he's already going to – he looks like a pitcher who's going to develop some arm troubles. Already had Tommy John and now dealt with, uh, I believe, a bicep injury this year. Never – doesn't portend well for the future. But he certainly has a great fastball and swing and miss stuff when he's on. Does throw too many pitches. Um, Jared Eikhoff, I think, is a very solid pitcher. Fantastic curveball. Uh, Noel is a really good pitcher, too. I think that what they're just missing, really, is an ace. That's one of, of the guys, of all these prospects that they've acquired, uh, the only, you know, none of them have really stepped up and shown that like, I can be a legitimate major league number one starter. Um, Mark Appel was is, is an interesting one because he hasn't really gotten a look yet, but he's a former a number one overall pick. I'm significantly higher on the Phillies' position prospects 
than I am on their uh, their pitching prospects at the moment. But I think that they've done a good job in stocking their system. And it, it'll it'll you know it it might take another two years to precipitate into uh, contention, but they've 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 really turned their roster around quite well. Mondo, yeah. your thoughts on that team? Uh, yeah, like you said, dude, I don't get to see that much of the Phillies, but they got this young, uh, exciting catcher named AJ Fucking Ellis. Damn it! <laughs> uh, no, on, in all honesty, I think that. Uh, the fields are exciting. I, I think what's going to, you know, they have a lot of talent. Like you guys said, they're stockpiling it. I think they can trade a couple of those pieces for some proven pitching. And then that, I think, can make huge difference. The, you know, the East, aside from the Mets, uh, you know, and Washington, really, everybody else, you know, I think, I, think, I think the Phillies can be part of that if they can just get a couple of arms that are established. Because, uh, you know... The, the thing, you know, in, in the East, it gets cold. and it, The later on you get into the season, you know, you start getting to the playoffs, you get that cold weather, and early on you get that cold weather. If you've got good dominant pitching, that gives you a good uh, advantage. And, 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 and I think that's how these teams need to be built. Unfortunately, the Phillies, like you guys said, their prospects or, or their pitching on the pitching side haven't really panned out. But uh, I, I still think that a, a majority of the trades that they have been making and have made to, to stockpile this talent have been smart moves, and I think that is commendable. Uh, they knew when to blow it up and and uh it's just it's it's a process and then like you said joe you know you never really know how it's going to work out but uh you know the mets had to do it a lot of teams had to do it and now the mets are stocked with these arms and and it's really paying dividends for them i know this year isn't exactly as good as last year but health has a lot to do with that and and that's the the crapshoot in in baseball really is being able to stay healthy but i do like the phillies and i do think that the phillies are going to be uh exciting and probably surprise people a little bit sooner than uh than than even you'd expect joe i I really do like what they're what what they're building there yeah so moving from the phillies on now into teams in contention we're going to discuss the wild card races that we're going to start in the american league where right now you have just a glut of teams within three and three and a half games so you have boston leading who are actually just a game back of toronto in the division but you have Boston and Baltimore and at in the two spots, and then all within all within three, you know, two and a half games. There you have Detroit, Houston, who's probably been the best team in the American League over the course of the balance of the last two and a half months. Kansas City, who are the defending champs and are on fire. Seattle, who have hung around and done, you know done a really nice job turning the ship around there, and uh, somehow, some way, a team that sold at the deadline. The New York Yankees are a Gary Sanchez-inspired two-and-a-half games out of a third wild-card spot. I think that's a good place to start is actually with the Yankees at the back. Uh, Gary Sanchez, over the course of the last 10 days, is the greatest baseball player who ever lived. I love the guy. I love the guy. He is amazing. He's pulverizing he's, everything. He's fucking amazing, bro. Like, in the limited sample size that I've, I've, I've seen... He drives the ball the other way. He has such poise in the box. Like, this guy's fucking bat stays through the zone. He he just has so much pop, bro. His isolated power is a 450 right now. Yeah. That's yeah. that's like video game number. <laughs> he's a monster. I mean, obviously, he's going to fall back to earth, right? But if, if he could stay hot, you know, for another month, the Yanks could, could sneak their way into this wild card. Which would be very amusing because I always like when a team that sells ends up there. Yeah, I mean, I don't it, it works want out like this that. particular yeah. one to do so, though. 
Yeah, the evil empire and whatnot. Yeah, it wouldn't make me happy. But then, if you actually look up the rest of that list of teams, I mean, you have Kansas City and Houston who are just absolutely on fire. Detroit, who some reason just won't die. Whenever it seems like they might fall apart and come back to Earth, they win. Yeah, I don't understand I, it. They have no business being here, bro. I don't, at this point, I would have not expected this at all from the from from Detroit. Annabelle Sanchez takes the ball every fifth day for them. Yeah, yeah. That, sh- that should tell you what you need to know. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> it's not you. very good. I hear you. I hear you, bro. I don't understand it. I'm telling you, that's like the surprise of the season for me is how Detroit is keeping up in, in this race. Like they should be below 500, in my opinion. Like I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, outside Michael Fulmer and, and Justin Verlander, their staff isn't very good. Their pen's actually not bad. But there's there's just not a whole lot there that seems like they can get enough innings, but they just mash. They absolutely destroy the baseball. Sometimes that can win you a lot of games. It just won't necessarily get you to the finish line. But you, that Houston team's also really interesting. Uh, Joe, you have any thoughts on the American League or... Yeah, the I mean, National League primary guy. No, no, I follow both. Um, it, it's hard with two kids, but I definitely follow. Uh, actually, you guys made it real easy because of the fantasy league. You, you kind of have to follow if you're going to follow fantasy baseball a year. But yeah, I mean, Houston bringing up Bregman and Guriel. I think those are two additions, huge additions. Bregman's really good. Um, so I, I kind of like them. It's so hard to pick. They're they're good teams there. Um, I Baltimore has. Amazing offense. I don't know if they have the pitching to sustain that. Uh, and I think Boston has a really good offense. But you know, you, who are you relying on pitching there? David Price just doesn't look the same player. Stephen Wright's been their best pitcher all year. But, Justin, I think I saw you um, tweet to somebody on, on Twitter, but you're, you're dead right in saying you just can't trust the knuckleball with him. So it's hard to pick a uh, who's going to come out of there. Kansas City, you know, we all know their story last year. So it looks like it's going to be a really good race. Yeah, I one thing on a player you brought up there is Alex Bregman. I, I haven't seen a dichotomy of a player start so badly and then yeah. get so ragingly hot. I mean, he did. He was, I think, one, I think he was one for his first twenty three in the majors, and yeah. they stuck with him. And over the course of the last, I think, fifteen days, he's hitting around a three fifty clip with five homers and twelve RBIs. So he looks like he can. He looks like he can play in this league. And Houston have a lot of very good young position players. Um, I'm not going to count Guriel as a good young position player because he's 32, but I'm also very intrigued considering his reputation in Cuban baseball. To, I mean, some of these guys, Cespedes says he's the best hit, hitter of all the Cubans to come to the U.S., uh, which you know right now actually would have probably been Cespedes of all these guys. But I'm interested to see how Guriel lives up to that sort of hype. Moving on to the National League, we have also a a glut, although it's made up of fewer teams. The National League, you have within two and a half games of the the wild card, you have San Francisco and St. Louis in the the wild card spots, and then Pittsburgh, Miami, and the Mets all within two and a half games, and then a precipitous drop down uh, to a bunch of teams that are really out of contention. Where do you guys pin uh, your favoritism there, Armando? Can I just say that I'm concerned that St. Louis is in the wild card spot as a Dodger fan? I, uh, I didn't think they'd be there. I didn't think I, I didn't even think they'd be better than Pittsburgh. I, I thought they'd struggle to to, to get. Uh, I mean, obviously they're, they're close, but 
I just I would rather see a Miami, a Mets, or, or one of those teams, believe it or not, than St. Louis. St. Louis just they've proven you know their consistency over the last decade or so of just constantly being there and being a menace. It just worries me as a Dodger fan, uh, especially because they whoop our ass all the time. But um, I really like the you know the Giants. I think are going to be a lock. I think they're going to make it. Uh, and, and I like the race. I like the Mets, Miami. That's going to keep the East very interesting. Um, and I, and I like the Pittsburgh St. Louis. That's going to keep the Central very interesting as well. So it really does give a good dynamic. Uh, but it, boy, is it going to be close. Uh, I do like the Mets because if their pitching can get right and they can get, I mean, if their pitching can continue to be what there it is and they can start hitting the ball a little bit better, which we've seen them do a little bit more, I think, uh, the Mets can really get into this. Miami's a surprise team. We didn't expect them to be here, but Barry Bonds, you know, and his, and his backpack of magic. Who knows what he's doing there, right? I mean, D. Gordon is proof, right? But uh, I digress. Uh, I think the Giants, I'm afraid it's going to be St. Louis, but I really would rather see the Mets, man, to be quite honest. Not because of you, Justin, no, nothing there, but I do think that uh, I'd rather see the Mets in, in the wild card. I think they have the best rotation, and in this you know situation in the playoffs and everything, that's really what you bank on is your pitching staff. I, I, I happen to agree with you. The one thing that's uh, a fun fact, St. Louis hasn't had two consecutive losing seasons since the late 1950s. Damn. Yeah. See, fuck the Cardinals. Spoiled. Spoiled oh, yeah. as shit. They are can't, spoiled. I shit. can't stand it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little jaded here. Um, I, I can't root for the fucking Mets. Sorry, Justin. And I certainly am not rooting for Miami. Boom. I think. Boom. Not, <laughs> I love I'm it. With, I love I'm it. I'm with Ando. I think. Say uh, San Francisco is pretty much a lock for one of them, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing. Even though they're a cross-state rival, I, I'm okay with Pittsburgh getting in. I, I it doesn't bother me. I never like St. Louis. I don't like their fans and their baseball heaven bullshit. You know that stick that up your ass. I don't really like that. So I'm okay with Pittsburgh getting in there, but nobody else. I'm not. I'm not rooting for any of those other teams. Yeah, but who does your head tell you gets the, gets into the wild card? Uh, not the heart, the head. The head tells me the two, the two teams are there now, San Fran, St. Louis. Even though St. Louis has all those injuries, they just find ways to win, don't they? All the time. They do. Um, I, I, I'm, uh, I think it's going to be – I don't think that Pittsburgh or Miami are going to end up in that third spot. I think it's between two of San Francisco, St. Louis, and the Mets. Um, the Mets know how to win. They've, they've, they've proven it over the course of the last year and a half. Um, I worry about the as a fan. I were and also just looking at objectively. The only thing I worry about is are they too banged up? But they have a very favorable schedule down the stretch. I don't buy Miami because after Jose Fernandez, that staff uh, isn't very good. If they do get leads, which they can, because that is a team that can hit. The back end of that bullpen is quite good, but I, I just don't buy them. I don't buy their sta- I don't buy their staff, and I also don't buy their ability to hit for power now without. John Carlos Stanton, um, they've really been scuffling lately. The Giants have been very bad since the All Star break. Yeah. So at some point, you know that they're going to turn that around. No. Yeah. Boo, I, so. boo. Boo. No. I don't want to hear that. I mean, they play the Dodgers for another like they got like another seven games. I mean, I hope we own them because we need to get a little bit of space here. Uh, but I'm confident that we're going to win the West, to be honest, the way they've been playing and uh, the way Dave Roberts has really, you know, got the boys rallying. I, I really like what I'm seeing. I mean, yesterday we won the fucking game on a hustle play by, by Seager and, and you don't see that, you know what I mean? And we got a, a, a rookie leading the charge, 
playing like a 10-year vet. I really do like the mix of this Dodger team, and we're scrappy. You know, we have no business with the amount of injuries, with the amount of starting pitchers, with the amount of, you know, it's for a rookie manager, with the amount of moves, Josiel Puig's in AAA. We, we, Adrian Gonzalez has had an off year. We have no business being here, and it's just, I really, it has a different feel this year for me. Oh, you guys, you guys have absolutely no business being there. The NL record for uh, DL days by and DL and number of player DL'd in one season is this year's Dodgers. Navigating that sort of injury crisis makes me actually think that the Mets have no excuse. Good, good, pansies. <laughs> Speaking of Seager, how fucking good is that kid? Jeez, bro, bro, bro. unbelievable. He's, he is amazing to get to see that every day. Like it's just he shouldn't be that good. He shouldn't be that good, and he's just so calm, laughing all the time. Fucking, it's just so easy, bro. It's it's amazing. He's he's blow. He's the best young player I've seen wear a Dodger shirt in a long, 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 long time. Yeah, he is a hell of a player, man. Oh, he's he's both probably the National League Rookie of the Year. And potentially the MVP. He's one of four guys in that conversation. It's him, the two cl- the two Cubs, and Murph. I mean, he's hitting, yeah. he's hitting like three thirty three as it's a rookie crazy. as a rookie twenty five yeah. bombs. Like what? It's amazing, he's, bro. He's, yeah, he's making he's the game easy. Like this is so hard to do what he's doing. It is. Uh, I mean, but for me, for me, it's going to be two of those three teams making the uh, the wild card. Getting back to the original point, because I, I I just don't see because I I've, like I said, Armando, I think I agree with you about the Dodgers winning the division, and you have one very very big player coming back. Yes, yes, and and we really need that. We needed him to solidify that rotation very badly. Yeah, so um, I, I think that brings us to the end of our uh, our program for this evening. Uh, before we go, Joey, do you have anything you want to plug? Um. We did a AI comic pod Sunday with me, Stu, uh, Rory, and Nina. I'm not sure when that'll be out. Um, I, I usually I do a lot of writing for those guys. I actually have another one coming out. If anybody's into anything comic related, and it's not just comic books. I did last one on like feminism and stuff, and some people are like, "Yeah, I don't give a shit about that. Stick it up your ass." But that stuff's important to me, and maybe you guys can give it a read or whoever wants to. And I did um, recently did a Muhammad Ali Legends pod with Kay and um, Hatem, which was I thought was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was my first time hosting. Uh, it was cool. It was really cool, and I thought it come off, came off really well. I, I, I've listened to that. I thought it was great. I recommend to anybody who's listening to this that hasn't grabbed that to, 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 to give it a listen. And uh, Armando, you know, we don't usually do any plugs for ourselves on this, but uh, got anything you want to plug? No, I want to plug uh, that Muhammad Ali podcast. Like, without a doubt, probably one of the best podcasts I've heard in, a, in, a, in quite some time. And it was refreshing on AI not being, you know, uh, football related and, and getting to hear his story from the perspective of you, Joe, and Kaylin and, and Hatem. I thought you guys did that absolute justice and you guys outdid yourselves for sure. Um, aside from that, you know, uh, just... You know, stay tuned. I, I just wanted to say that uh, Minnesota Twins, you fucking disgust me. Um, you're a disappointment now. Ten losses in a row. I thought I expected more from you. Sorry, Joe. They this are is ongoing. So bad. This is ongoing. <laughs> They're so bad. I had yeah, high they... hopes. Damn them. You had very high hopes. I, I mean, listen. 
I, I thought they'd be bad. I didn't think they'd be this bad. You wanted this. Let's be honest. You fucking wanted this. <laughs> I wanted to be right about them in Atlanta, and I think I have been. Close the show, Justin. All right. Well, as always, for me and Armando, any complaints at Armando on Wheel 12, any compliments at Rolls on Shabbos. Have a nice week. Bye, everybody. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>